The ceremonies in Montgomery preceded the Washington inauguration of Abraham Lincoln by several weeks, caught the attention of the nation, and drew comment in London and European capitals. Indeed, the inauguration of Jefferson Davis was an event without precedent in Montgomery. Men, women, and children took to the streets early on February 18th. Several thousand visitors had come to town for the occasion. More than any other single event, the inauguration gave focus and a sense of being to the Confederacy. On a Monday that was anything but ordinary, dignitaries, soldiers, and band members took their places in the parade line forming on Montgomery Street. The pace quickened at noon when Davis emerged from the hotel and stepped into the elegant presidential carriage with its saffron and white lining. Alexander Stevens, Basil Manley, and Captain George Jones, who acted as a military escort, rode with Davis in the open carriage. At the queue of Marshal Watson, who carried a baton bound in red, white, and blue, the slight climb up Market Street began. Frank Arnold's band and several military companies formed the vanguard. The presidential party followed, and carriages conveying various officials, including the Montgomery City Council, trailed behind. Mounted assistant marshals, one from each of the seven states, escorted the procession. Between 6,000 and 8,000 cheering people watched as Dixie and martial music filled the air. Some were perched on rooftops, others in windows, and more moved forward toward the Capitol grounds. Cannon were fired periodically. One observer called the scene grand beyond description. At about 12.30, William Snow stopped the presidential carriage at the Capitol. As the band struck up the Marseillaise, William Chilton and Robert Barnwell Rett escorted Davis through the crowd and into the building. Within the hour, the assembled Congress had signed the Provisional Constitution. The President-elect spoke briefly. Congressmen filed out to their seats, and Davis took his place on the raised portico between Howell Cobb and Alexander Stevens. In the meantime, the spectators, many of whom had walked up from Market Street, maneuvered for position. Manley offered a prayer, and then made way for Howell Cobb, who introduced Davis. The president-elect engaged in no arcane philosophizing, but neither did he deliver a fiery oration. In what one observer called a calm but forcible manner, Davis began reading a brief speech justifying secession. At various points, those who could hear him, and even those who could not, responded loudly. According to one well-positioned witness, latecomers stood little chance of hearing Davis. Ellen Noyes Jackson, the Boston-bred wife of the lawyer Jefferson Franklin Jackson, was present with her children. She later wrote, The crowd about used them up. William Culver, an employee of Archibald McIntyre, the local photographer and ambrotypist, took the only surviving picture of the inauguration. Davis concluded his remarks within 20 minutes, and moments later, Cobb administered the oath of office. The executive carefully recited the oath, and after repeating, So help me God, kissed a large Bible. 
Jubilation followed. The proud citizens of the Confederate States of America celebrated well into the night. That evening at Estelle Hall, Davis, and others attended a reception.